0: If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Today, it's just me. I've been thinking about the current situations going on in the world a lot lately. And I guess I was internally conflicted about speaking out about how I felt what was going on. And I'm sure there's some fear and insecurities in there, I guess. But I also felt like I have not special, but a somewhat unique perspective, I think, That is a function of the town I was raised in, which was not a very typical place. So relative to, I guess, the other folks that grew up in the town I grew up, maybe it's not so unique. But relative to the world as a whole, I think it is. And I guess I felt compelled to just share a little bit. And as I said, I was conflicted over doing that not feeling if it was appropriate or in my place. I wasn't really sure. And my daughter spoke up and she said she wanted to read me something. And I guess it was her way of teaching me and maybe giving me some approval or validation (laughs) to say something. In a Litany for Survival, Audrey Lord writes, And when we speak, we are afraid. Our words will not be heard, nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak, remembering. We were never meant to survive. So when your 16-year-old daughter, who you adore, reads that to you, I guess you feel like, You have the green light. And like I said, I think my perspective is a little unusual, at least relative to the rest of the world, because I grew up in a town that was considered a a planned community. And the town is called Columbia, Maryland. And you could look it up if you'd like. And in some ways, it is or was a, a special place. It was planned. And it was planned with an intention. So back in the day, I think it was the 1960s, warm hearted, intelligent businessman got together with land developers and they developed a planned community, a town built from the ground up that had some values that were kind of built into the design and they built the town with with an intention of having people of all different like socio socio-economic backgrounds and demographics and ethnicities like all living together and they built these communities and they called them villages and we lived in neighborhoods that were part of villages and that Later, I found out wasn't typical, but as a kid, that's all I knew. I kind of grew up in a bubble, and it was a blessing and a curse in some ways. And I'm I'm grateful that I grew up there. I think it was and is a really special place to be raised. People went out of their way to create an environment where all kinds of different people were living together in neighborhoods that were designed to have a sense of togetherness. And they were within these villages that had central areas called the village center. And every village has its own village center. Like I grew up near the Owen Brown Village Center. And then there was the Village of Wild Lake. And the village of Long Reach. There were these different villages. And with these crazy street names. Where the houses were. Rumor was that back then. Folks were on psychedelics. When they were naming these streets. They had wild names. Like Melting Shadow. I lived off. Angelina Circle. Which was off Cradlewalk Walk Ray. And. There was like. I don't know, maybe a sense of fantasy around this the place, I guess. But I lived in the Owen Brown village. So we had our Owen Brown village center. And there was a community center. And then there was an area where there were businesses that were primarily local mom and Paw shops. There were some chains as far as like grocery stores, gas stations, but every village had its own like barber shop and a couple restaurants and a liquor store and a grocery store and a dry cleaners and was set up with a sense of community. And then there were these bike paths. Really, we were spoiled. I mean, there was this insane amount of bike paths that weaved through all these communities. And you could go from village to village on foot or on a bike easily in a clean, beautiful environment. There were even man-made lakes strategically placed where the people of the area could just access parks with lakes to fish or boat and or walk around. They had paths going around the lakes that were generally around two to three miles long, something very kind of accessible for many people. And there was a sense of perfect to it. And It was a bubble, and I didn't really know it was a bubble until I got out of the bubble. Back then, we didn't have social media and we didn't have the internet, and the flow of information was a lot different than it is today. We only really, you know, we were influenced by the people that were close to us, our local community. You were influenced by your family and your friends, and your friends' parents, and your coaches, and your teachers. And your school administrators. And you didn't really have outside influence that much. When you were a kid. And I remember when I was really young. And for those that don't know, I guess I'm considered white. When I was really young, there weren't a lot of black kids in the community that I was in. But there were some. I remember even specifically in third grade, somebody moved into town and it was a new kid that was in my age group. And it was really exciting. And he happened to be black. And I remember being out playing with my friend in the neighborhood that this kid moved into and seeing him like on the day he arrived to town. And it was so exciting that there was somebody new. And we were never taught to think of somebody that looked different as anything other than us. There was no otherness. And I guess I feel racism is born out of this sense that because somebody's different, they are less than, less worthy than, uh, not as good as, and that different. Implied this sense of otherness. But we didn't have that. That wasn't taught to us. And we weren't exposed to it because we were in a town that was purposely built for people to just be coexisting together happily. So when a new kid came in and he was black, it was just exciting. It was like another exciting thing. We have a new friend that we could say, can you come out and play today? Racism is a learned behavior. One-year-olds aren't racist. It's something we develop, their beliefs. And I feel like the way, I guess the solution lies in that component. And I'll, I'll get into that shortly, I guess. And I I remember when I got to high school, by the time I got to high school, the area became quite diverse. And in fact, I went to the high school. At the time, there were eight high schools in the county. And now I think there's a couple more than that. I went to the school that I'm pretty sure was the most diverse of the high schools within the county. I'm not someone that really, like, valued school. Like, coming... From the lower schools, like the, the elementary and middle school, like I really did not do well in school. like my grades were never high. I got in trouble a lot. I got suspended several times in middle school for behavior issues or fighting. and when I got to high school i took I definitely took it more seriously, but I was never like someone really engaged with school. It wasn't something that I wanted to go to, but I remember. There being, and this is my experience, so maybe other people that were at that school don't share the same experience, Um, but I remember feeling like there was a, almost like a badge of honor that was collectively worn by my high school for being diverse. Like, it was something we were proud of. I don't remember ever speaking about it. I remember being at the lunch table and there would be black kids and white kids sitting with each other and it was never a discussion. It was never a topic, it seemed. And I think, I might get this wrong, but I think our school at the time was about 35%-ish black, which back then was way higher than the other schools around. My perspective from one of the kids in it was, it was great. And there was like this sense of school pride that was built on that diversity. And this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I went to college and I, in Virginia. I went to James Madison University. And the the way that I made the decision to go there is really silly. This is really embarrassing to mention, but I... I remember there was a school out West I wanted to go to and my mother uh, nicely alluded to the idea that like it was a little out of reach financially and um, I applied to a couple other schools and James Madison was one of them. And the reason being was I saw in this big like college evaluation book that they were ranked number one in all colleges for food to give you some insight of how I felt about school and even more embarrassing, Playboy magazine that year had ranked them number one in the nation for girls. And I thought that was just a perfect combination. Granted, I'm 17 at the time, smoking weed every day, not thinking as a, you know, wise adult. So that's what drove my decision to go to this school. And it was the right distance away. It was far from home, but I could go back and forth on the weekend if I wanted to. So I go there and I go there with this naive thought. And it was almost similar to like how my brain interpreted like the Holocaust. Like I knew it was bad, but I knew it was over. That's how I thought about racism. I went to college, 18 years old, knowing racism was bad and truly thinking it was over. Because I grew up in a total bubble. And it was eye-opening. And in fact, one of my first papers in English when I got to college was on that topic. It became very obvious when I got to this town, racism was not over. And it kind of blew me away. So that's the context around, I guess, my perspective and how I was raised. I was raised in a community where people went out of their way to make it a non-issue. And you didn't have outside information. Like kids today, it doesn't really matter what their local community is because they're going to be influenced by their environment and their environment extends to the whole world because of the flow of information. Now, something I've noticed recently that has been... I just don't know exactly what to think of it. Um, I'll give you an example. I was on a Facebook group on a Facebook page for Group on Men and it was for a company a very reputable company and one of their i guess one of their community members which is i guess in some way a customer of theirs asked them to make a stand about racism or their or anti-racism I guess And I guess they didn't feel like it was appropriate to do that on that platform. And they took so much heat for that. I was blown away by the pages and pages of ridicule and comments and really like hateful speak towards this really amazing organization. And it felt kind of hypocritical in a way, like I felt like You're judging this entity, this company, which is a collection of people. You're judging people for just looking at the topic a different way than you and then assigning this wrongness to it. The fact that they just feel differently. Not that they're racist, but that they didn't feel that their Facebook page was the way that they expressed it. Like that's not—they just didn't feel that that was how you express the fact that you're not racist. And it's very strange seeing this dynamic take shape. Cause it's like racism is judging someone else for something that they don't even choose. Even I mean, it's they're ju- you're judging someone else for being different, and difference comes in a lot of ways. And the way you think or your ideologies are different. Like if people on the left are going to judge everyone on the right for being like have a different thoughts and beliefs. That doesn't solve anything. And if people on the right are just going to judge everyone on the left for being different. That's not a good formula. That's not a good solution for progress for the human race. I guess I just don't see that that's where the battle of racism is won. There's nothing you could say on social media or on a podcast that is really going to define whether you're racist or not. Like, you could be totally racist and go out of your way to say things to make you sound like you're not. Racism is something that's dealt On the front line, the way that you engage with a person that is different. When you see someone that's different than you and you don't see it as other, when you see someone that's different than you and you see yourself in them and you see them in you and you see them as beauty and you see them as just as beautiful as anyone else, and it doesn't matter what you say out of your words because it shows, it radiates off your skin, and in the smile of your your face and in your eyes. And it's your willingness to serve that as person as you would serve anyone else. When you truly believe that there is no separation, that person is you. You are them. There is no other. Sure, there's different. Thank God there's different. It would suck if there wasn't different. Letting the line dissolve that creates otherness. One relationship at a time. Seeing yourself in others. Being compassionate for those people. Holding empathy for those people. For people that are different. I don't want to say the war, but the fight. The fight for letting racism dissolve for the future of our species lies in how we truly believe about a different person. When we see the light inside them as being the same as the light inside us. It's not what you say on your Facebook page or your Instagram or your podcast or your YouTube video. It's what you don't have to say when you're in relationship with someone, when they're in front of you and there's no question in their mind of how your heart holds space for them the same as it holds for anybody. I hope I'm not being inappropriate and I hope I'm not offending anybody. I guess I feel like we need to give everybody space to look at this their own way and be okay with other people feeling differently about how they go about expressing how they feel. We do not have a burden just because you have some kind of platform to express something the way other people want you to express it. If you're getting upset at somebody because they're choosing a different vehicle to express their beliefs, that's not about them. That's about you. You're upset and you're projecting that on some other entity or collection of people. And that's not where the solution lies. That's just causing more noise. We could all start observing ourselves a little closer and observing our beliefs and maybe start to do some work of where they arose from. When you see someone that looks different, can you notice what arises in your body? What sensations? What judgments? You want to make the world a better place? Start making yourself a better person. Start watching what comes up inside you when you see someone that's different. I'm sure everybody has space to grow in this category. And it's not static. This is... A living, dynamic process. Anytime we see somebody, we have thoughts arise. Anybody, if they're different than you, you could have a thought arise. You could see somebody that's got a limp and prejudge that you're faster than them. You're taking information visually, what you see about them, and you're making a narrative in your mind as if it's some absolute truth. That might not be a great example. But I think you get my point. Start watching what you feel when you see something that's different. Are you applying otherness to your experience? Do you see that person as some something that's other than you? That's what I'm revisiting personally to try to catch myself. I'm sure we're all guilty at times of creating narratives in our mind about what we see when other people doing things. We see it in actions all the time. You see somebody behaving in a way that you don't agree with, you'll create some story of why they're doing it. It doesn't mean that that's why they're doing it. I hope there was something valuable in this. I feel, I don't know, maybe a little vulnerable talking about this. Maybe because I'm white. I don't know. That has something to do with it, maybe. But I do appreciate your listening. And if you want to comment on this, I do ask you to be nice. I've seen a lot of nasty comments online lately. I just ask you to be kind in your words. I thank you again for listening. And I hope you stay tuned for more episodes coming your way. Have a great day.